Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. a cup of coffee, and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews, Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. guest just told us that that piece of music that you just heard makes you and us want to get out of bed and conquer the world and hopefully that's how you are looking at today tuesday the 21st good morning aurora good morning aurora good morning aurora the time is now 801 a.m and i know yes those are real people not just a button. I know what you're thinking. You see the headline. We have a great guest. We have a public servant. We have the executive director of the Aurora Area Interfaith Food Pantry with us today, Shannon Cameron. Hello there. Hello. Good morning, Curtis. Good morning, Aurora. Yes, that's right. Talk to all the people. Grace Cornell is here. Good morning to you, Grace. Um, how are you today? 
I'm great. Thanks so much for having me mm-hmm. here. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming out in the rain. <laughs> uh, this is uh, it's like the mailman, rain, sleet, or snow. We are here. Absolutely. Got to give people the news, the good news. That's right. Um, so in regards to the news that the food pantry is doing, I wanted to start off with Hunger Action Month. Let's talk about that. Please let us know um, what it is and how you and your organization are helping to fight. Yeah, so Hunger Action Month is something that is actually a national um, uh, month of advocacy in September where we're telling people that they have the ability to take action to end hunger in their community. So it's challenging people really to know that they have the power within themselves to take actions and there's a variety of ways of course they can come volunteer they can uh, share a post they can donate they can uh, tell a neighbor that they know is in need to come check out our services but it's really a month just to let people know that hunger is a real issue in our community um, and that they can help end it Um, you know us together are much mightier right that's right that's right takes a village y'all takes a village of mighty people Um, now I noticed that on social media on the gram especially you guys have it's like a plate challenge yeah you're holding up a plate yeah that's all part of hunger action month um, where we talk about what you aren't able to do on an empty stomach Uh, so often you know we take for granted those of us that are food secure um, not having to worry about where our next meal comes from but we know that of course hunger affects people in a variety of ways and I happen to think that hunger is the root cause to lots of other things that are going on, you know, in our in our community. Whether that might be uh, hunger causes stress and tension in the home, which could lo- lead to a domestic violence situation. Hunger causes uh, behavior issues in school because kids are acting out due to lack of nutritious meal right. before they go to school. So it's the catalyst of many things. And if we can end hunger, we could possibly end some of these other things going on. Right. Yeah. Um, we were talking not too long ago, and um, I, I, I said I asked a question and I got an answer to it. And in retrospect, I thought it actually is possible. The question was, I think, can hunger be ended? Which mm-hmm. is which is a lofty, you know, kind of question. You mentioned that it can. Yeah, it actually could. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah, I think what's interesting, and some people know this, but not everybody maybe, is that actually, you know, how do we solve hunger? Well, you feed people, right? Food is not the issue. We have an abundance of food in this country. We have, we have a huge food waste issue where very good food is being thrown away right. on a consistent basis. Uh, we saw with the supply chains, we saw food rotting in fields yeah. um, during COVID. True. Um, food is not the issue. It's access to food. That's the issue, and to me, actually getting enough food would be a harder problem to solve. Breaking down barriers to access um, is achievable, but we need we need all the people to come together to make it happen. It's not, I wouldn't say it's easy to end hunger, but it is absolutely possible. Yeah, I uh, like I mentioned, I went back home and I thought about it. The times in my life where I have seen food be where I worked at, uh, I worked at Olive Garden, but this is not a knock against Olive Garden. It's a mm-hmm. knock against the, the, the food restaurant industry. Right. There's a lot of food that is thrown away. Yeah. Good heavens. If people actually knew how much food is thrown away in your restaurants or uh, uh, grocery stores, 
back in the day. Now grocery stores, I think, are a little bit more cognizant of that. They take some items that are not yet perished mm -hmm. and donate those to food pantries and banks. That's good. Uh, but yeah, food is being wasted and there's not enough access to it. You're yeah, right. Absolutely. And I think I think it is a lofty goal, but mm -hmm. it is our mission as, as the Aurora Food Pantry to end hunger in our community. Uh, we haven't done it yet. Uh, right now, we're sort of transitioning from thinking about just ending hunger for a week, which is what we do with our weekly distributions to hopefully helping people feed themselves for a lifetime. Right. Yeah. The chat is on fire. Alyssa O'Cone is here. Alyssa. Yay! How you doing? Did you go on a trip? Were you in Arizona or something like that? I was mildly lurking on your Facebook. Saw you <laughs> out there having a trip. I'm glad you're back and it's also wonderful to see your name in the chat. Aisha Saxon is here. Good morning, Aisha. Bianca Camargo, what is up? And Anna Sierra of Anna's Custom Treats. Uh, gentlemen, if you want to do something nice for the wife, get the berries de flor. It's like huge strawberries. They dip them in chocolate. Yes, or please. Anna dips them in chocolate. <laughs> and then you got crumbled, um, you know, whatever you want, Snickers and all that. So yeah, berries the floor. Shouts out. All right, I got a couple of local topics to talk about that we're gonna get back to our discussion here with our friend Shannon Cameron, the executive director of the Aurora Area Interfaith Food Pantry. October 2nd from noon to 5 p.m., our friends at Town to 10 Social Services are hosting a holiday craft vendor fair. This will be a fun event and there is a $25 vendor fee and the location is 205 North Lake Street. Uh, the link was shared with us, but it's also on their Facebook page, Talented 10 Social Services, TTSS. Check that out. Uh, don't forget our friends of Mutual Ground are hiring for a number of positions, clinical manager, prevention educators, relief advocates, and therapists. Mutual Ground is a nonprofit organization providing education and life-changing services to end the cycle of domestic and sexual violence. They are a trusted resource and a longtime staple in our community. And you know what else they got? Because I got the news right here. Hold on. Hold on. That's right. October 15th, which is a Friday. They are having their black and white ball from 6 to 11 p.m. at Hotel Arista, located at 2139 City Gate Lane in Naperville, over there by um, Top Golf. Uh, Mutual Ground supports everyone. Because it's a black and white ball, all participants and guests must wear black and white or shades of black and white, including silver. Don't be the person wearing blue or <laughs> green or something. Oh, it was a nice tie. No, it's not. Okay, uh, the time is 8.08 a.m. So, how long has the food pantry been in Aurora? Aurora Air Interfaith Food Pantry. So, uh, this year, we celebrated our 40th, years of, 40th year of service. Um, so, we started in July of 1981. Wow. Um, yeah, and, you know, an interesting little-known fact is that Marie Wilkinson was one of our founding members. Okay. Um, so, it was several people in the community... Um, were reacting to the recession in the 80s, um, saw a huge need at their churches, and came together to make, um, to again, like we say, takes the village, as you said, um, saying, hey, I can't, our one church cannot solve this problem alone, right. so it's going to take all of us. And they came together of different um, denominations of, uh, of Christianity and other faiths and, uh, to make sure that they were taking care of the community, which I think is pretty beautiful. It is. Um, thank you, Alyssa. Alyssa recently just got back from visiting the Smoky Mountains in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Hey, what a trip. I want nice. to go to there. Nice. Greg <laughs> Ellsbury's here. Good morning to you, Greg. I want to say real quick, let me plug this in. Uh, actually, Yay! we have an intern. 
Yes. Her name is Monica Vasquez. She answered the call to duty, and she is here. She's in the studio, but she's so far away from the microphone that you can't even hear her. But you will get a chance to hear her deliver news coming up on Thursday. Shouts out to our uh, new intern, Monica. Much appreciated. All right. 40 years in the community, Marie Wilkinson having been a uh, founding member mm -hmm. of the Aurora Area Interfaith Food Pantry. You guys are located on Jericho. Yes. Back there. Yes. Right. Yep. Uh, right by the AMVETS Post 103. Mm -hmm. What's the hours of distribution and have things changed? There was a separate schedule when COVID started. Yeah, we've kept that schedule for the most part. Um, we are open for distribution today. Right now, you can head down there at 9 a.m. technically, um, but you could get in line now if you wanted to. But right. 9 a.m. we start, 9 to noon, Tuesday and Thursday, okay. and it's a drive-through model. However, um, there are other ways you can get food too. We have our pantry to go program, which is a delivery service. Okay. Um, so if you lack transportation, we realize that's a big issue with um, some of our neighbors that don't have transportation, can't drive down to the pantry to get the food, we bring the food to you. Um, and you can go to our website and sign up for pantry to go services that mm. way. Uh, I, you know, if you, if you, it's just aurorafoodpantry.org backslash pantry to go uh, and uh, sign up for that. And also we do pop-ups. We were out in West Chicago on Saturday. We're going to be um, back in Aurora this week, but okay. we do pop-up pantries as well. So we bring the food to the people. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's the, now, let me make sure I got this right. Is it the Northern Illinois Food Bank that you partner with what's the what's the relationship there yeah great question so we are an agency of the northern illinois food bank okay um which means we're a partner agency we sign a contract with them um and they are a supplier to us so we purchase food from them um and because they are supplying many different agencies we're just one of them we happen to be one of the larger ones but they have many they have more purchasing power um so they can get you know bulk items for cheaper so that's why when we say uh, if you donate one dollar to us we can turn that into eight dollars worth of food uh, that that's that purchasing power and also we're part of um, uh, you know an emergency food program through the food bank which allows us to get some of that food for free as well so we can really feed more people due to our partnership with the northern illinois food bank and then they of course are an agency of feeding america which is one of the largest charities in america um and uh it's kind of a that's the national organization and then northern illinois food bank is the regional organization never heard yeah. of feeding america yeah feeding america did i know yeah. that wow yeah. And they're the ones that kind of lead Hunger Action Month, which were, is why I'm here today. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it's not every it's not every day that you know I hear something I never heard before. <laughs> that is uh, that's awesome. All right, Emily says, hold on, Emily, where'd you go? Let me see what you had to say there. It looked very interesting. We could pay owners of food trucks to collect boxed up leftover food from restaurants at close at closing and distribute to sites after the restaurants close. Could there be a grant for this? Huh, that's yeah. interesting. Love that idea, and I think it takes those kind of think outside the box ideas, right. and um, there, 
there was because of DoorDash and Grubhub, all those companies that were delivering. Um, some of them created during COVID, there was so much takeout food, right? Because yeah. restaurants weren't open. Um, ways where you could pay a smaller amount and you just get what you get, but it happened to be some of their leftover food, right. um, which I think is, you know, what if a restaurant was going to throw away the food? Perhaps they ask people to pay a lower amount. They could donate that money to other organizations. Somebody gets fed. They don't throw it out. You know, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Um, but I love that idea, Emily. I think that's what we need. We need to start thinking about kind of those simpler solutions to the big problem. Come on, man. Yeah. We got some smart listeners. Heck yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. Karina Suarez Darden, good morning to you, dear friend. And uh, Claudia Sanchez says, this is great. Her elderly neighbors need this, and she's going to let them know. Awesome. Uh, I think that's about the pantry delivery. Yeah, pantry service. to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can also just call the food pantry if getting online, especially, uh, you know, we have a lot of older neighbors that can navigate the internet just fine. Some may or may not have uh, digital internet access. Um, but if they can always call the food pantry, ask for Marcy and uh, Marcy coordinates our pantry to go program and that she will hook you up. Nice. Yeah. Um, how often does food come there? So all the time. Um, okay. So Joseph, who's our awesome driver, um, drives constantly all day long picking up food and that part of that is our through the food bank we have direct connect which is our food recovery which he mentioned we he goes around to all of the area grocery stores that right. we have partnerships with and picks up um, food and then of course we have the food bank delivers to us a semi truckload of stuff and then we go pick up from the food bank as well so every day he's out there picking up food <laughs> yeah. very cool very cool the time is now 8 15 a.m. you are listening to a watch Good morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. I have a couple of quick local news items to give to you guys, and then we'll get back to our discussion about Hunger Action Month with our dear friend, Shannon Cameron, executive director of the Aurora Area Interfaith Food Pantry. Okay, Fermilab. I, now, I told you about this last week, and I know that many of you creative and cool people were like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't even know about that. I'm going to hit you again because it's coming up. Quick. Sunday the 26th at 2 p.m., $4 tickets to go see The Gifts by Geraldine Cox of the UK. Do we appreciate and enjoy all the gifts that discovering nature through science can bring? In this illustrated talk of art, poetry, and science, Geraldine Cox will explore some of these gifts and discuss how nature's marvelous imagination and our methods of understanding it might play a greater role in our world. Sunday, October 3rd, 2 p.m., no fee. Experiments in Hybridity, Echoing Forms by Shudata Majumadar from the Netherlands. Uh, he is a visual artist based in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, working in a range of media to investigate notions of pattern formation. As Crossing Parallels Artists in Residence, a D-Lift University of Technology, excuse me, at D-Lift University of Technology, um, he worked in photography and concrete to explore living and non-living weathering patterns on the environment. Amazing. And then Sunday the 17th, Why We Laugh with Dr. Sophie Scott. Um, that'll be $4 as well. Sophie Scott is professor of cognitive neuroscience, comedian, 
and the director of Institute for Cognitive Neuroscience. What a resume, right? Yeah. What do you do? Well, you know, I do psychology and I tell jokes. Oh, <laughs> damn. Holla. All right. Uh, she studies the neural basis of vocal communication and how our brains process the information in speech and voices and how our brains control the production of our voice. In 2020, she was appointed commander of the Order of the British Empire in the Queen's Birthday Honors for her services to neurosciences. Shouts out. All right, last quick piece. Uh, the Office of State Representative Barbara Hernandez is hiring a communications and outreach coordinator. The communication and outreach coordinator serves as a liaison between constituents and state agencies as well as other stakeholders. This position is also responsible for making the general public aware of Representative Hernandez's projects and programs. There's a part-time position at 15 hours a week, and you report to the Chief of Staff. For more information, you can email Haley at RepBHernandez at gmail.com. The time is 8.18. Okay. What is the situation of hunger in general in Kane County? And is Aurora faring better than other cities? Are we equal? Are we? Is the problem more pronounced here? What's your uh, view of that? Well, I, I have concrete numbers for Illinois in general, and of course, I could tell you who we serve and you know our numbers of of service um, right now in in Kane County. We serve a large most of the people that come to the Aurora Food Pantry are from Kane County, uh, a considerable amount. Of course, we do serve five counties, though, and sometimes we get somebody from Cook County. Um, our requirement is not um, that they live in Aurora. You can live in a variety of places. Pretty much, we ask for an Illinois address okay. or ID um, and to, to get food for us, but we never turn anyone away. Um, we, If you're hungry, we feed you, I right. Mean, right? But as far as uh, in Illinois, we're uh, looking at there's of course different popula different populations of people are affected by food insecurity more than others but we're looking about 11 percent of uh, people are food insecure which means they don't necessarily always know where their next meal is coming from and then there's very food insecure you know very low food security which means more often than not they don't know hmm. what they're going to eat um, nationwide we look, uh, we, we're, we fare better here than nationwide. One in five children face food insecurity in our nation, which I think is a staggering statement that, is. that people don't realize how prevalent hunger is in our country. In, um, in Illinois, one in eight children. So we're a bit better here in Illinois. Um, certainly there's areas where uh, states where there's a lot more poverty, a lot more unemployment, which we know are two direct connectors to um, food insecurity, where we see states that have far less food security. Um, we're lucky, but that doesn't mean that we're not still serving, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people a week right. um, here. So I don't want people to get too comfortable. Like, Illinois is doing great. It, it is doing better than some of our other states, right. but we still have a lot of neighbors that are facing. Um, uh, you know, whether or not they're going to eat. And a lot of parents, you know, to credit to them, will go hungry 
so their children can eat. So um, if you think of one in eight, um, which how many, you know, you go to your child's classroom and you can think about how many kids are in that classroom, you know, a hand, you know, a few of those kids are facing food insecurity and then their parents probably are skipping meals so they can feed their children. No. It's a sad state of affairs. It is. It's a sad state of affairs. Um, how long have you been with the food pantry? Not long. <laughs> I'm just, what is today, the 22nd or is it the 21st? 21st. 21st. So tomorrow it will be six months. Oh, um, dang. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm almost official now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've only been here uh, since March. I came to Aurora in uh, 2017 to open up the Paramount School of the Arts uh, and I love fell in love with Aurora I love this community I think it's like, full of incredible people I think um, as any community has it has challenges and things that we need to band together to assist but there are so many wonderful things about Aurora and um, I have felt like it's home to me even though I've only been here four years right yeah. right well, we're glad to have you yeah we're glad to you. have you um, so we have the um, now Marie Wilkinson's food pantry which mm -hmm. is located on Highland is a separate organization mm -hmm. you guys partner at all is there is there overlap of duties and, and things like that so um, we are working on some partnerships okay. um, Diane who is amazing human that runs um, Marie Wilkinson. Diane Renner shots um, out. Yeah, uh, she's been uh, <clears throat> with that pantry for a very long time and really has done so much for our community. Um, she and I have had some, some meetings about ways to partner in the future, so we're excited about some things that will be upcoming with that partnership. Um, we are, we've done different things just to try to make sure we don't have overlap on distribution days, things right. like that. Um, we have a large community. We're the second largest city in Illinois, right? We, there's right. a lot of people to feed here, so the fact that we both exist just is a testament to the fact that there's a lot of people to feed yes yeah. all right guys it is 8 23 a.m i have a well you guys know what i like to call this i have one so without further delay let us get into <laughs> got professional with it mm. All right, Sage, breaking news. Sage is collaborating with I4A and to host an information sharing webinar on September 17th from 10 a.m. to noon with the Aging Network on Advancing Equity for LGBTQ Older Adults in Illinois. Excuse me. The goal of the September webinar is to enhance our outreach efforts and help the aging. Wait a minute, this already happened. Yeah, this isn't breaking news anymore. <laughs> Here's the breaking news, actually. Thank you to Tracy Duran for detailing this to me. There's a Starbucks coming oh, yeah. on Lake Street. Did y'all know that? Did anybody know that? I did. You did? <laughs> You're a Starbucks fan? No. No? Okay. <laughs> there is a Starbucks coming on Lake Street, you guys, and it's going to be the old Long John Silver's down there on Lake and Indian Trail? Or is that Illinois? I think that's... I think it, it was on Lake Street, which is 31. Right. Oh, yes, in Illinois. That's yes, Illinois. Yes, yeah, that's Illinois. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think about that? And will that take away from the goodness of our local coffee shops? I know a lot of you have expressed consternation at the thought of a big chain like a Starbucks coming to town. It's happening. 
How do you guys feel about that? You can let us know in the chat if you are a coffee lover. Now, we get our coffee from Treadwell, so that really doesn't affect us in any way. But for you Starbucks fans, uh, get ready. Get ready for that. Um, let's get some local stuff out of you, Shannon. Sure. Where do you go for? Where do you go to for your coffee? I'm not a coffee drinker, ah. but I do. Uh, I'm a big fan of the London Fog, which is a tea drink at Treadwell. They okay. Do the best London Fog around. Um, but I love our local coffee shops, and um, we, you know, I love Enduro. I love Society Fifty Seven. You know, whatever I get there is still yummy. I just don't. I don't drink it every day. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those weird ones. Restaurants <laughs> that you favor. Oh my gosh, so many. I, I love uh, down, I mean, I because I was working in downtown Aurora for over three years, I love right. our restaurants here in downtown Aurora. Um, you know, like, I love sort of the mom and pop ones, like Tortas Guadalajara. I love Good a place. torta. Mm -hmm. I love, uh, we have um, the, you know, great tacos wherever you go in Aurora, which mm -hmm. I love, you know, who doesn't like a great taco um i have i think indira's lunch is delicious i go there i would go there often for lunch you know okay. all sorts of places down here that i think is are great so if you haven't been to downtown aurora check out the amazing establishments down here excellent yeah. way to plug that in for the people watching <laughs> at home all right um so how has covid affected your life personally <laughs> Um, or the biggest effect it had? I think it was profound um, for me because, well, certainly we all had to change how we were doing things. So that is, I'm not alone in that. Right. But, um, you know, I was working a dream job uh, at the Paramount School of the Arts. And beyond COVID, there was a lot of um, bigger things going on in our world. Um, you know, I think most profoundly was the murder of George Floyd, um, which, you know, brought once again um, a discussion about systemic racism in our country and many other things, right? Um, and so I think that those two things at the same time also gave us a lot of time to think. We were home, I was working from home, I was teaching classes online, we were doing the Paramount School of the Arts all online. I had a lot more time to kind of consider things and um, it led me to this job, uh, you know, where I was thinking, how can I make a greater impact in my community? How can I be a positive force of change? Because that's like my personal mission statement if I had one, okay. is to be a positive force of change in, in people's lives. And and this job came along for the food pantry and um, I felt like there's probably nothing more important than making sure people have food because uh, they can't get all the other services they need if they can't survive, right? Um, so it just felt like a great opportunity to make a positive impact. Uh, I, I think one of the things that I've liked about because for those who are fans of Good Morning Aurora, you will know that we interviewed Shannon way back a yeah. year ago uh, when you did work for the Paramount. One of the things that I do appreciate about uh, you and individuals like you is that, like, your comfort level is not with your position. Your comfort level, and these are my words, paraphrase, but your comfort level is with how you are helping others there's yeah. many people who have great jobs and they're comfortable with that that's it bada bing bada boom i'm living good then there's people who 
measure their happiness. Not saying that you do, but you are trying to help people, not just be comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I think complacency is something I never want to be accused of. You know, right, um, right. that in fact I know that out of discomfort it comes growth. Right. So, so sometimes we got to put ourselves in those uncomfortable, icky situations in order for us to become better people. Right. Right. So, um, so I think I I <laughs> I've lived a fairly very nomadic life, think searching constantly for the opportunity to make an impact you know there's that great quote and i'm gonna i don't even remember who it's from about you know wanting to be i don't know if it's camus or something like that but about wanting to be fully used up you know by the end of the end of your life and um i like that idea like i don't i don't want to leave you know it can't die with me you know i can't take things with me right so i want to be used up i want to say that i i gave everything i could um to make this world a bit better you know and luckily with amazing other people in this community working towards similar goals i think we we are making an impact and we will continue to i couldn't have said it better myself you see that that's how you just deliver great great speeches okay look i got i'm gonna do you one better now i did mess up on the sage but here's the thing on Sunday the 26th, there is the On The Wall Car Show Hip Hop Fest. Mm. Now, this is too legit to quit. It'll be from noon to 7 p.m. at 225 Middle Avenue in Aurora. Uh, car show participants must arrive by 11.30 a.m. to be able to park within the festival site. Access Middle Avenue from Gale Street. There's a prize for fan favorite. Uh-oh. Any questions, mm. you can give a contact, excuse me, contact Nicole at culturestock.com. Org. Also, Kane County Circuit Court Judge Bianca Camargo is having her campaign kickoff reception and fundraiser. And that's going to be at La Cabrada Restaurant at 723 South Broadway. That'll be the 29th from 530 to 730 p.m. Tickets are 40 bucks. All right. And then also, I've been telling you guys about this. Thursday the 30th. Forklift driver certification ca uh, class brought to us by the Kane County Sheriff's Office, 37 West 755 Illinois Route 38, St. Charles, Illinois. That's the Kane County Jail. For more information, you can call Mr. Joseph Garcia at 630-329-6668. That number again is 630-229-6668. Card certification is good for three years, you guys. So uh, shout out to our friends of the Kane County Sheriff's Office. All right, uh, the time is 8.31 a.m. Okay, so Bianca Camargo, yay Aurora is the best. Tracy Duran, good morning to you. It's gloomy out, but it's always sunshine and good morning Aurora. Oh my God, that was <laughs> nice. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you very much. All right, Thursday we've got uh, Monica on the show. She will tell us about her life as an intern and being here with us and learning all kinds of cool things. So you guys get ready for that on Thursday and tomorrow's Buenos Dias Aurora. All right, back to our discussion with you. Now, Shannon, I want you to I want you to tell the guests what the since you've been in this position, what moment or what event you guys do pop ups too. Mm -hmm. 
what moment or what event was it that solidified for you your uh, your attraction and your dedication to the food pantry and what you're doing now? I feel like there's always a moment for people. There's a moment where they realize, like, you know what? Let me tie these boots up a little bit more. You know, I'm here for this. You know, I don't... That's a good question. I'm not... I don't know if it was a moment, but I knew my first week that I was in the right place. Okay. You know, so it wasn't... And it was actually when I was even doing... Um, the research. My interview process was quite long for this position, so um, I was doing all this research on food insecurity. And I was reading lots of books because, of course, I come from an arts background. This is this is not where I ever thought I'd be. If you asked me ten years ago, um, and so I was reading as much as I could and and trying to you know educate myself. And I think during that time and during that first week where I just, you know, saw this us as this very essential thing that has to happen in our community and meeting some of our neighbors was what we call our clients because they are our neighbors. And that's one thing that I think is so important that people could face food insecurity. Um, they're, they're secure today. Something can happen tomorrow and they find themselves food insecure and might need the pantry. Um, that I think all of that learning about how many people suffer from hunger um, made me just wanna wanna do everything I can to to work so less people are facing that on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it is sad. One, you know, one hit on the ship, and it yeah. could be over for a lot of people. I don't under think people understand like how fragile really everything is and I think we're seeing that right now and even in a big way like in our country with food prices going up right. all prices going up um, because of supply chain issues hung over from COVID and the Suez Canal catastrophe with the oh yeah but um you know the memes were awesome <laughs> right? I love the memes but <laughs> we are still suffering um the consequences of that with pricing and you can't get things for six more months that you would hope to get um there's we see how fragile we are even in that way right where things we have like oh I can get things next day shipping all of a sudden some one you know part of the scaffolding is bent and that affects everything and i think even with um a family that might be driving around fancy cars and living in a big house and somebody loses their job somebody goes to the hospital and um they lose their um the person that was bringing home money and now they also have you know expensive medical bills um whatever it might be just that one action can cause a chain reaction where they find themselves in a completely different place and I think uh, all of us need to take some time to appreciate the fragility of that and that um, you know certainly you can save you can do if you're privileged enough to be able to do that to prevent some of that um, but there's a lot of people that don't have the support system around them right um, and that once that that scaffolding breaks there's no one else to support them and and that's it and then but that's why we exist because uh, we hope that we can, you know, cushion that landing a bit, uh, help people out. We want people to come to us. And there was an inter interesting USDA um, uh, research piece that just came out last week. And it was something like um, 38 million Americans face hunger in this country. 38 million people are on SNAP, um, which is our food stamps. Right. And it is not easy to qualify for SNAP. 
first, you know, for SNAP. And there's, think about all the people that are facing food insecurity that make just a little bit too much money for SNAP, but they still can't feed everybody all the time. Um, And I think also what was interesting about that is that 60% of people that face food insecurity are not taking advantage of pantries. And I think that is right now my mission Mm -hmm. to figure out why that is and make sure they know what the process is, they know they're welcome here, and they don't, and that they're treated with dignity so they don't feel shame. Because I think so many, we work with veterans a lot, I know you're a veteran, and I think there's issues like, oh, somebody needs it more than me. I don't wanna take something away from somebody Mm -hmm. else, but what I wanna tell the community is we have enough, come. You know, right. if it can help you make sure you pay your car payment or pay that medical bill where you're not spending that much mo- that money on food, you're you're now be able to do that. Please come use our services. If you know somebody, encourage them. Um, we want to help that ease that because we know it's a struggle. It's hard. Yeah, it's um, it's it's both of those things too. Yeah. It's it's like for that for the. The veterans out there and like the older folks, they do have that mentality of they'll suffer mm-hmm. because they don't want to use up the resources for somebody else. And then there's just the the shame of it. Like mm-hmm. as you know, I work in housing. Yep. I meet people all the time and talk to people who never had to worry about paying. They never had to. They never had to call an agency to see if they could get rent assistance, and they're crying. You know, and they're in their fifties uh, or their sixties, and it, it's very sad because this is that moment where it all came crashing down yep. at this part of their life, and they don't want to be standing in a um, in a at a food pantry mm-hmm. receiving that assistance. It's like, and that is, it's it is difficult. It is difficult. I try my very best to try to like take away that stigmatism for people like i tell people like look i don't you know there is no shame in it if you were a crane operator for 50 years you earned your right to be able to get this food or to apply for this assistance well and and you don't even have to earn it in any way it's there because we take care of our neighbors Right. right you know that um I feel instead of people feeling like they need to earn like it is actually our responsibility as a society to take care of each other right Um, we if we have the ability to save someone from hunger or homelessness we should do that you know absolutely Um, it is our social responsibility to care for each other and I think a lot of times people Put it off onto other things, you know. Oh, um, they'll take care of it or whatever. But that's what Hunger Action Month's all about: is what can you do? There's right. a lot you can do, and it doesn't take a lot of time. Doesn't some some of those things take no money? Take you know very little energy right. to take action to help your neighbor um, be uh, have food on the table this week, you know. Jennifer Ryan Maiden, good morning to you, dear friend out there. We are so glad to see you. And we have a listener by the name of Tia who's celebrating her birthday today. So Happy we can, birthday, we can Tia. do that to you, Tia. Happy birthday to you, dear friend. The time is 8.40 a.m. Monica, do you have to go? All right. Our intern, Monica, has to leave at 8. Forty. She will be here again for you listeners and viewers tomorrow and Thursday. Have a good day, friend. All right, um, so I want to 
read just a couple of more things from our great audience. Thank you very much, Tracy, for that, Lake of India. Um, happy birthday to Tia. Lots of birthdays. Thank you so much for your support and mentioning the kickoff. No problem, Bianca. Um, you know something that I did that's different in my personal life? Um, and my mom used to do it. My Every house I lived in, my older folks used to do it. I started collecting the cans of the foods I don't eat but I collect. And I donate that now. That's great. I wasn't doing that before. I wasn't doing that before. Yeah. Um, I collect those cans of those beans and <laughs> things like that. And I donate that. Yeah. And I feel like... Why wasn't I doing that before? You know, like I, I did feel kind of guilty. I was like, man, I should have been doing that. I sure. should have been doing that. Because if it wasn't for the Northern Illinois Food Bank last year and me having to go during, you know, COVID time, like I wouldn't have had a Thanksgiving. Hmm. You know, I had to go up there to Java Plus and, you know, get the turkey and everything like that. That's how, that's how rough it had got. Um, and... I like the fact that other people don't have to deal with that. They shouldn't have to deal with that, you know. Mm -hmm. Or they if or they should feel free and welcome to go do that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's most important to me that they are welcome. Yep. Um, and that they're no different than me or anyone else um, for needing assistance. They're just they're just a neighbor, you know. That that's right. and there will be times where I need help, you know. And I hope my society's there for me too, exactly. in my community. So it's <laughs> you know it's I think getting rid of the otherism is really important to help ending the stigma for accessing any services. And speaking of the the turkeys, um, we are partnering with the Northern Illinois Food Bank again this year, Marie Wilkinson and Holy Angels Food Pantry to do a citywide um, distribution of turkeys and meal boxes, holiday meal boxes on November 20th okay. in Phillips Park. Um, so there's there's information, there will be information out soon about how to sign up for that. Um, and all you do is sign up online to register for that. Um, how so cool. it's a really... We want people, we know holidays are tough, people have uh, more bills and they want to make nice um, holiday traditions with their family and everyone should be able to do that. So we're, we're excited to partner with the city again this year and other local food pantries to make that happen. Awesome, yeah. very cool, good stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, now there's also, um, so let's talk about the party. There is yeah. the benefit coming, or not benefit, but party. Yeah, happening. it is a benefit though, yeah, okay. it is. So. Um, so we, uh, having been around for 40 years, we, you know, I don't know how many people always care about organizations' birthdays, but, <laughs> but it is, I mean, it is special to think 40 years we've been feeding our, yeah. um, our community, and that is worth celebrating. You know, there's been amazing human beings that have come in and out of the pantry, both as uh, our neighbors receiving services and those working there are incredible volunteers, which is the backbone. I mean, I think what's interesting is, we, our volunteers save our organization roughly $60,000 a month by their service. We tabulate like Wonderful. the average volunteer hour and that is incredible thinking about who all these volunteers that come. Right. Um, but I, I do think that um, 
that all uh, just in general of what we what we do and celebrating that and celebrating those people that come through our so we were doing this 80s party because you know we were born in the 80s and it was at society 57 8, uh, october 8th but as of yesterday we're moving it online unfortunately okay. so but just uh out of um i think a lot of concern for the Delta variant mm -hmm. and other issues. We have the amazing Bridge Bash event that's happening the same night, unfortunately, for Neighbor Project. We support Neighbor Project. We love Neighbor Project. <laughs> so, um, so we are, so it's going to be a uh, two day online event Friday and, I'm sorry, Thursday and Friday. Okay. Um, they uh, will be, there'll be amazing silent auction and um, things to bid on to help support the pantry. Um, it is important that we raise money to make sure that we can get our operating costs and keep feeding people. So, um, and I think, uh, as much as we want to see our people and celebrate with our people, you know, we want to always help, not harm. So, <laughs> so that was the decision after talking with lots of people um, about some concerns, and that's that's what we're doing. We were inside, not outside. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'm sad about it, but I think uh, I think our community will answer the call and still come support how they can. Uh, we've been very lucky that way, and we hope they continue. Please come bid on our awesome auction items. <laughs> right, um, oh. because I think the um, information is still, you know, auroraforpantry.org slash house party. Yep, you can, still, can go still go there, go there. And, and get information. And then Friday the 7th and, uh, sorry, Thursday the 7th and Friday the 8th, we'll have everything live and we'll actually send out emails. So if you want to go to our website, find out more information about it so you can um, uh, be invited to bid on stuff early on and get some awesome prizes for local incredible establishments. Yep, right here, you guys. I know the lights is kind of taking away the validity <laughs> of this ad. Never mind then. Okay, well, we'll I can read that. it to you. I can <laughs> read it to you. That's why we need an intern. Um, okay. Um, so real quick here Anna says thank you for all that you do Josie Mendoza Geller dear friend of the show think you guys are back from that trip I hope so hope it was a good time she says love thy neighbor uh, and Tia says while she was working last year passing out food to parents in school district 131 they had a list of all the food pantries and her partner and she would explain to parents what they needed to do and make it very easy to do thanks for all that you do Oh, and thank you, Tia. We need we need more people like you helping get the information out. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Tia. Thank you, thank you. All right, um, I got a couple more pieces of news to give to you guys, and then we'll wrap up things here with our uh, friend. So, Diaper Need Awareness Week is coming up, and we are taking part in the diaper drive with the Office of State Representative Hernandez with many other community partners. That'll be from September 27th to October 3rd. The items needed are open or unopened packages of diapers of all sizes, baby wipes, and diaper bags. Uh, besides ourselves here at 5 East Downer Place Sweet Tea, our times are from uh, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. You can also access Treadwell Coffee, Family Focus, McCarty Mills, State Rep Hernandez's office at 540 West Galena, the Aurora Business Center, 31 West Downer, um, Enduro Coffee, and the Santori Public Library, 101 South River Street. Shout out to everybody for taking part in Diaper Need Awareness Week, and we are happy to be taking part in this, man. It feels it feels really good. 
feels real good. Can I say something about that? Um, Certainly. We've got we've got programs coming up thanks to a grant with the Aurora Women's Empowerment uh, Foundation right. that we're going to be doing um, women's empowerment uh, pantries pop-ups that'll include food, diapers, formula, um, uh, menstrual hygiene products yeah. because those are necessities. Diapers are necessities, right? But WIC, which is Women, Infant, and Children program, SNAP, you can't you can't use those funds to pay for diapers or right. um, menstrual hygiene products. So, and they're expensive, right. you know? Um, so it's very important. So thanks to Barbara Hernandez for organizing that. Yeah, because that's kind of sad that it's not. It's, yeah. it's a no, right? It's there a no-brainer. Um, I think there is a bill that I, I believe Representative Hernandez is supporting to add that, at least at the state level, right? I right. mean, it is a federal program, so I'm not sure how that all works, but I hope they do because those are necessities, yeah. All right. Uh, and once again, Aurora Downtown is turning downtown into Sugar Skull City from October 15th to November 7th to coincide with Day of the Dead events during First Fridays on November 5th. Started in 2020 by the downtown group, Sugar Skull City will feature dozens of participating businesses, a scavenger hunt, and activities for all ages while honoring a cultural and local uh, tradition. Sugar Skull City, so Day of the Dead this year will feature alebrijes, magical animals from Mexican folks, excuse me, Mexican folk art and as a tie-in with a new mural from a royal public art on the BNSF viaduct wall along East New York Street by artists Pierre Lucero, Catalina Diaz, Laura Reyes, and Janice Rodriguez. Shouts oh. out. We've been documenting that in some pictures on our Facebook page. You guys can check that out because I've been taking progression photos of that mural from its rough sketches to adding a little bit of paint to the more and more paint being added at the time. It's 8.50 a.m. Okay. Um, so, let me get that working again. All right. So we talked about the impact that COVID had. Um, I do want to get a sense. On me, at least. <laughs> on you, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the pantry, we saw 400% increase. 400%? Yeah, yeah. So we saw so many people needing um, extra services. And so when we talk about how easily in the fragility of things this can happen, so many people um, were there during COVID. And we've seen a decrease now, and federal benefits have helped, uh, but unemployment went away. Um, with the moratorium in Illinois on um, evictions will mm -hmm. eventually go away. We'll see a difference in that. SNAP benefits, however, are going up October 1st, so that should help a little bit. But pandemic EBT cards, which people were getting, um, have also ended. So there's a lot of boost that the federal government gave that now has ended. And I think in these next couple months, we're going to see a huge increase again. Um, uh, the schools instituted a, the EBT cards for the students. Yeah. in a couple of districts. Yeah, they did. I know in West and East Aurora, at least, um, they were receiving $400 a month per student, and that was a huge help. Yeah. Um, but that's gone now. So September 15th was the end of that, um, because now kids are back in school and can receive those meals, because it was a way to kind of um, all those meals that were missed. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, we know that the these free meals that are in school, at least in a 131 and 129 all meals are free because there's enough um, people in both those districts to make them title one schools now districts um, that all meals are free for all students um, and not having those sometimes those are the only two meals those kids get 
in a day so then it's imperative so that support was really needed but that going away is really going to affect families so. see that's the kind of thing if i was president i would make i by executive i every school in america would have free meal i, I yes. man and that would change you. the world i mean like honestly i would do it and free, you know, free meal. Yeah, free meals for every kid. I agree. I'm sure we're like, where are you going to pay for that? But like, yes, how do we? Right, yeah. But the thing is, is we're paying so much as a country for the consequences of not making sure every kid is fed. We're paying healthcare issues, behavior, jail time, all sorts of things stem from not having a full belly at school. Yep. So, um, so we're paying for it, and we're actually paying a lot more money than it would to pay for programs like that. And interesting fact, the school meal program actually came out of Chicago right. because of the Black Panthers. Yep. And they're the ones who started feeding their community, mm -hmm. um, which is maybe a little known fact, but it was ended because of, um, unfortunately, police went in and stomped and urinated on all the food and shut right. it all down. Not a great part of our Chicago history, but, but yep. the fact that the, they saw the need, they saw that feeding kids was going to change that community. Um, and I think that's a pretty cool information piece yeah. that not everybody knows about, but feeding kids has got to be one of our most important um, priorities as a community, I think. And I think, and, and that's what, that's what motivates and has motivated me to reach out to people like you and have you mm -hmm. tell the story and for me to volunteer because I, look, I don't want to live in a world where, you know, a juice box and cereal to a poor kid is controversial i don't yeah. want who's doing that who is right who's turning out the lights on scrambled eggs for eight-year-olds yeah. like i just i don't want to live in a i don't want to live in a town city or community where that is something we got to think about now unfortunately we do <laughs> but we, do. we we've got we ways do. to help and I hope you use those ways. And it is sometimes controversial where people are always worried about like, oh, there's people in this line that don't really need it. And I'm like, you don't, you know, we don't know their story. We don't know anybody's story. And what we know is that they felt that they needed to come and get food. And that's all I need to know. And um, it's important, like we t we preach it to our volunteers, um, to anybody that works there, is that it's a self-attest need. If you are are coming here, you need it, and that's it. And, right. and we don't we don't need to know your whole story, but also we know we don't, right? And um, I find it difficult when people make assumptions based on a car they drive or or whatever that they don't really need something. But but again, that we're fragile, and you don't know how close you are to not knowing where your next meal comes from until you're there. They don't really need it. Yeah, yeah. We hear that a lot, unfortunately. Um, and I and this, the numbers don't lie um, as far as 38 million Americans, um, at, you know, 525,000 people in northern Illinois alone are facing food insecurity, so. Staggering yeah. numbers, yeah. staggering numbers. All right, it is 8.55, all of you dear people 855 all right so i guess we will start to wrap it up because we have a great we've got something good for you guys to check out coming here very soon we have a um we have a talk today a panel discussion with planned parenthood action of uh, illinois action today uh that's going to be via zoom and we will debut that with claire mcnorton uh who is a program director she's the uh, programming manager of the Disability Advocacy 
and uh, organizing section of PPIA. Uh, so that'll be really good. And we'll post that for you guys later on. Okay. Um, final thoughts. Did you know thoughts? that 11% yeah. of Aurora is disabled? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just crunching the numbers because, of course, people that uh, face disabilities are more likely to be food insecure. Um, yeah. And I, I was crunching those on. And that's a lot of our population. That is know? 11%. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's a little over 11%, I think. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. These new census numbers, I haven't looked at fully yet, but I'm sure they'll show us. You know, yeah. That, that census uh, created a whole lot of, uh, <laughs> we'll call it hubbub for the purposes <laughs> yeah. of this conversation. Yes. Um, final thoughts before we get out of here. It's eight fifty-seven. I mean, I just asked that today we have a we have a hunger action month calendar on our website. You can go to um, auroraFoodPantry.org backslash ham for a hunger action month. Um, there's a calendar. Today's uh, challenge to the community is to um, make meals that of food that you already have in your cupboard so reduce food waste you know go check out those if you're not going to use those beans please donate them to us but if not like <laughs> find a meal that you can make with just stuff you know how many t i mean and i am guilty of it too um i remember a friend posted a life event on facebook that they had finished their entire thing of lettuce you know <laughs> like, oh yeah you know, the yeah. salad mix like that was huge you know how many of us have thrown those things out see what you can make uh, based on just contents of your fridge, um, you know, just talk to your family, talk to your kids about um, food waste, and you know, obviously, we don't want to create food stigmas. You have to finish your everything on your plate, but you can talk about uh, eating eating a little bit and then having more if you need it, so it doesn't go in there. Encouraging people to eat leftovers. Um, it just, you know, like I said, we don't have an issue with too much food. We, I mean, we don't have an issue with too little food. Sorry, we um, we just need access. But you can come. You can donate on our website you can come volunteer we are in desperate need of volunteers all the time um, come spend a day with us it'll change it'll change you it really will and I think one thing that I just want to mention that a lot of people don't know about is we have a lot of court mandated volunteers and we their stories are some of the most powerful for me that we're somewhat we're a little part of restorative justice we have a lot of people that come and um, some of those people end up being our best volunteers um, and their stories are so incredible um, and how they're changed because of their interaction with our neighbors and uh, the staff there. And um, I just shout out to them. And um, I've, I think a lot of people don't know that that's something that we do. And I think it's a really important part of what we do. And, um, and our volunteers are amazing just in general, and we're lucky to have them. So come volunteer with us uh, or teach your kids about food and hunger and, and how to help others. That's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. All right. This was a great episode, you guys. We thank you very much for tuning in. And we thank uh, our friend Shannon Cameron, Executive Director of the Aurora Area Interfaith Food Pantry, uh, for joining us today. Go out there and do something nice for the community. Learn more about the food pantry. Get involved as a volunteer. It is a very, very good experience. Uh, you are actively giving back to the community in many ways of paying it forward. Um, tomorrow is Buenos Dias Aurora. Be sure to tune in. We've got a great interview there. And Thursday, we will sit down with our new intern, Monica. Take care of yourself and each other. Um... Mm -hmm.